Welcome to Divorce Etc. hosted by us, the ex-experts. We're here to give you all kinds of information and tips on everything divorce. Plus, we're asking a lot of the questions that you may not even think of or know to ask, but we know because we've lived it so we get it. We're Jessica and TH. Hi everyone, welcome to today's podcast. Today, Jessica and I are happy to welcome back Jennifer Barcone. She is Chief Talent Officer at a large company in California. So welcome back to our podcast, Jen. Thanks for having me back. So we learned a lot and where we wanted to pick up was how do you bring your A-game to an interview? I know that's a big answer and it depends on a lot of different things, but tell us some tips that you've got. Well, it's like anything in life, right? The more prep you do, the better the better off you are. So I think that it, it falls into two categories. It's what you do before the interview and then it's what you do during the interview. So in terms of before the interview, I say do a lot of research, you know, research who you're meeting with, what their backgrounds are. Again, LinkedIn is your best friend in the job, in the job search market. Um, understand a lot about the company, do as much research as you can on the company, read that job description that's posted, look what they're, look specifically at what they're looking for and make sure that you're prepared to answer questions about how your skills and background meet those needs. That's really the biggest piece of it. Um, but go deep. I mean, the internet is a, is, a, is a place where you can find so much. And I mean, for, for example, my CEO gave a TED talk and there's no reason why when you're meeting with someone like that, that you shouldn't be able to reference their, their materials, their background, um, anything that you can really find. I mean, news about the organization, any sort of acquisition activity that they've undergone, companies they've acquired or been acquired. Um, you know, depending on the size of the company, you know, you may have read something in the press or the trades about a recent strategy or, um, you know, a business endeavor, but just do your research on who you're meeting with, the company, read the job description backwards and forwards, look for keywords about what they're looking for, and then be prepared to, to really re reference how your background is, is, is perfect for what they need. Because that's really what this is about. Because I feel like, well, two two things. So first of all, when you're talking about doing research, so sometimes you're doing research on a company and some of the stuff that you've come up with is not necessarily great news. And, but that may be the most recent stuff that you find. So I'm curious as to whether or not you would suggest even mentioning that kind of stuff and how you would handle that. Um, and also, doesn't that also sort of depend on like what the position is that you're specifically looking for yourself? Like some of the things that you research may not be relevant at all. Yeah, I mean, so two answers. One is very good point about a place like Glassdoor, right? Like Glassdoor is Yelp for employees, right? It's where they go to air all of their grievances. And that's not to say that it's not worthwhile. If, if a company has a litany of horrible scores, I mean, something's up there. I mean, I know in my company, we pay very close attention to Glassdoor. Uh, we work specifically to make sure that our profile is the best reflection of us that it can possibly be. Make no mistake, you guys, Glassdoor is working with companies and it's a pay for play environment. Like you pay them and they then elevate your best reviews. You pay them for job boards and they, yeah, it's- Wow, I didn't know that. And I don't think a lot of people know that. I think that people think that's just like- outed everybody. An objective forum. 
it is, but it's like any other search function, right? There's there's optimization that can be done. So just know, take everything you read there with a grain of salt, everything. Well, but then um, does it mean that if you're reading about a company and they have really bad reviews, that it's just because they don't, they're not paying for the more optimal reviews doesn't mean that they're really terrible. No, it, 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 it could mean a bunch of things. I'm just saying, take everything with a grain of salt because even some of the best companies with the best reviews, that's not happening organically. Um, and bad companies with bad reviews, then their eyes off the ball, right? Like it has to be, you have to take both set of circumstances, uh, not at face value is what I would say. So, you know, pay attention to it. It's not something I would bring up in an interview unless you are going to be the head of recruiting. I in which case seen bad news with regards to those kind of reviews. I meant like if you're actually reading in the news and it's all of a sudden you read oh. that, you know, the, the company is like in the midst of a lawsuit that just came in, or, you know, they were trying to acquire something or they're being acquired and it like, wouldn't necessarily be a good thing for the company. I don't mean like specific petty, you know, people complaining about working there, but just news about the company. And if it's not the best news, like, do you even bring it up? I, I you know, it's all so dependent. I mean, look, Facebook has a, a huge number of lawsuits that are currently pending. One that is, big in the press right now. That doesn't mean that I wouldn't take a job at Facebook, right? There's there's things that matter and then there's things that probably don't matter uh, for your individual job. Now, if I was interviewing to be their general counsel, I would want to dig on that. Right? Right. Um, but it, it, I think judgment is what matters most in those situations. And, and, and I wouldn't necessarily go hard at something unless to your point, Jessica, you know, if there's a if there's a pending acquisition happening, and most of the time those things are kept pretty quiet, um, but if if the company that you're interviewing at is actively looking to be sold, then I think that there's a fair question around, you know, what is the strategy post acquisition for the set of, and it also depends on the role that you're in. You know, if you're in a shared service role like finance or HR or legal, there's a greater chance that your role would be made redundant versus if you were in a role that maybe was complementary to the company that was buying, uh, the, 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 the company, the acquirer. So, so, so in order to bring your A game and you're looking through the news and doing your research, maybe also looking for common ground, maybe a similar interest. Like if you see, if you Google the person and I don't know, somehow you see they have a Peloton or whatever that is, or they purchase or they're in the Peloton like group, or, you know, even if it's personal, if it's out there, then it's out there. Maybe you can yeah, find I think a little ground. careful with the personal stuff. You don't want to make it look like you're stalking them on a personal right. basis. I think forums like LinkedIn are better where you can see, oh, you worked at, you know, GE in the finance division. Like I, you know, I too worked there or or we were would, vendor or something for GE. So look for com professional common ground with the person. Or look for reference points. You know, uh, you know, Jennifer, I saw that, you know, you were at, at Barney's during their chapter 11, you know, talk to me <laughs> about, I mean, I'm just saying, I, I don't think that that would actually come up in an interview, but I, I definitely wouldn't go down the, I see that you're a member of the Soho house or that you own a Peloton. Right. Gotcha. So before you even... So you've done your research, right? And you've, you've done your homework and you're ready. How do you show up? I mean, I think the most important thing is that you show up as yourself. I, I, I think as a, as a 
you know, a prospective employer, we can suss out inauthenticity pretty quickly. So it's like, just be who you are. Don't try and be someone else. Don't pretend like you're infallible or don't have weaknesses. Super important to acknowledge where your strengths and weaknesses are. It's, it's really important that during the interview, again, this is like typically an hour to an hour and 15 minute amount of time that you're spending with each person in the interview panel. So a collective maybe four to six hours with the company. And next thing you know, you're committing the next several years of your life to these people. So it's sort of an odd system. I think truthfully, there's gotta be a better way. A lot of people are trying to figure it out with you know, AI and things of that nature, uh, personality tests, none of which I subscribe to at this juncture. Uh, but you know, I just think the more authentic that you can be, which allows you to be relaxed because it's you're being yourself, um, the better chance you have of, of having a good interview. It also, you know, you have to know the kind of, know your audience. Um, if you're meeting with somebody who's a, a, a young digital native, like you could probably show up a little bit more relaxed than if you were meeting with the chief financial officer of a, of a, of a large, you know, financial services firm. I mean, at my company, we sort of laugh when somebody shows up in a jacket and tie. If you were interviewing at Goldman Sachs and you didn't show up in a gold, uh, in a jacket and tie, it would be probably a different scenario. So I think you just need to cater, cater how you prep and how you show up based on who you are, who you're talking to, and the company that you're that you're exploring. You said something about um, you know being being yourself and knowing your strengths and your weaknesses, and I have to ask because I feel like this is something that everybody dreads when they go in to have meetings at companies when they ask you that predictable question of like, what are your weaknesses? Yeah. And you're supposed to try to turn her, you know, a weakness into a strength. Like I'm super organized. You know, I'm so anal. I have to get everything done in an hour. And like, well, how do you, how do you answer those questions? And, and again, you know, there are a lot of people who are going to be coming in off of, they've been out of the workforce for a while. So, um, mm-hmm. so that, and people who, you know, who are in the workforce and, and just, you know, needing to kind of get a leg up in the business, but how do you answer those kinds of questions? Again, I think honestly and authentically, I mean, I would not be shot. Now, it's hard for me because I've reached a place in my career where clearly I've accomplished a lot and my my resume and my experience sort of speaks for itself. So when somebody asks me, what are my weaknesses? I say very honestly, like I will execute and facilitate until the cows come home. Like if you're looking for a high level strategy person, I'm I'm not terrible, but it's where I'm going to fall down the most and I'm going to need thought partnership and I'm going to need, you know, scaffolding in that, in those areas. And I feel like everyone should mark down those words that she just mentioned. (laughs) Scaffolding. What did you say? Thought? I don't know. (laughs) We'll rewind, but she just said a lot of key words. So rewind and listen. Right. Well, but again, I mean, that's my authentic language. That's, that's how I talk. And you've just got to find your own voice. And don't be afraid of it. And this is what I mean about coming to your job interview with confidence. Just be who you are. If you're, you're going to find the right place. I cannot tell you, and, and this is kind of ironic given the forum of this conversation, but like the parallels between looking for a job and dating are unending, right? Like just because you are looking for this job doesn't mean that they're looking for you at this moment in time, right? There are so many things about it you will find the right place and they will find you at the right time. It's just not always who you think it might be at the exact moment that you're hoping it is. 
And so getting onto your A-game when it comes into putting your resume together, prepping for your interview, I totally get doing your research in terms of interview prep, but I mean, is the old uh, cliche of like practice in front of the mirror and, you know, role play with people, like, do you subscribe to all of those things? And are there things you would tell people, don't ever put this on your resume versus always make sure you have this on your resume? I mean, I can't tell someone whether they should or should not prep in front of a mirror. If that's what's going to make you more comfortable and confident going in, then do it. That's not how I operate. Uh, I, I mean, as evidenced by this interview, I sit down and I have a human conversation mm-hmm. and it can be scary, but it's, it's, the best, it's the best choice in my opinion. And that's, that's me. Uh, in terms of things that you should never put on your resume, I mean, definitely don't lie. That is the number one thing. And they will find out. We do background checks. We do employment verifications. We do educational verifications. Um, you know, it's just- You've told me about people that come into your office with things on their resume about places they've gone to school and things that they've done in jobs. And you're like, they never even went there. Like, like it's yeah. such blatant, flagrant lying. And it's so yeah. amazing to me that people are so like ballsy. Yeah. Uh, well, there's been numerous TV shows made about numerous imposters. So it's not that often, but um, the other thing, I mean, this, again, this is more entry level. I just don't know the audience here, but don't have your parent call on your behalf. We've had that happen a few times. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. Listen. I don't, I don't know. I don't think anyone listening here right. is going to be that young that they're yeah where their parents would be calling, but people could be going in for, for more beginner level jobs only based on like their own personal circumstances. But I, I think what I'm wondering is like, I feel like sometimes what people will put things on their resumes that are so basic that it almost makes you look worse because you're like, you shouldn't have to write that you know how to use Microsoft Word. A hundred percent. Yes. Very good point. So, I mean, Again, back to the point that I made last time, a resume should be less about a list of things that you were responsible for and more a summary of things that you accomplished and the impact that you made. So don't say I was responsible for, you know, maintaining the integrity of the of the financial forecast. Say, you know, I owned the financial forecast resulting in a month over month. I mean, I don't know, I'm making this all up, but I'm just saying like, Talk about what you did and what the what the impact was to the organization. Because you could have owned the integrity of the of the financial forecast, but you could have sucked at it too. So, right. So just like talk about the things that you excelled at and the things that you that you made improvements on for the company, and that would so be how. So, what if you're it. new to the job market? <clears throat> you've never worked before. You've raised your kids. You're now in the throes of what looks like a divorce and you're going to be on your own. You have to be independent financially. Are there some tips? I mean, bringing your A game, being confident, doing your homework will make, would make me feel better if I were in that position. But, you know, aside from that, as far as skills and what do you put on your resume and how do you talk about yourself? Because I still believe, and it's, I'm sure not in your organization, but, um, you know, you say, you know, I've raised my kids, they're in college, they're great. You know, I, I took care of the home. I, I ran everything. My then husband traveled all the time. So it was a single parent. Like, how is that viewed in the marketplace in general today? 
and and where do you even begin? I mean, I think the key there, and I, I know a few women like this, and I, I would look for jobs that then tap those skills. So a perfect example is a friend of mine who is now an assistant to a very high-powered celebrity. And so doing all of the things that she did as a stay-at-home mom are incredibly relevant. So she handles all of the gifting, all of the appointment making, all of the personal response, you know, all that kind of stuff, which is in direct correlation to, so in, in that instance, I mean, I think that that's a great job. You can make really good money. The, the downside is, is that you kind of are owned in terms of your time. Like you can get woken up at three in the morning because there's a problem with a hotel reservation. Um, that's different than an executive assistant who likely has, you know, an on-staff, uh, than an assistant to an executive who likely has an on-staff executive assistant whose job is more of the work-related stuff. So travel accommodations, booking meetings, owning the calendar, uh, but particularly with personal assistants, which is more what I'm talking about, uh, there's a lot of transferable skill. I, I, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I don't see a huge path forward for people who have no practical work experience trying to get into the corporate environment. It's, it's very challenging. And if it is going to work, it's going to work in a smaller company. You know, mm -hmm. there, nobody's got no work experience and is waltzing in the front door. Um, you know, right. of, it's of too much of a risk. I would imagine. Unless you're willing to take a job, you know, doing something really entry level, you know, you could work in the mailroom. I mean, there's, and then work you know, your way up. Right. You well, know, crazier things have happened. Of Talk course. About that kind of stuff. I mean, you know, we've had conversations before and so has everyone listening about fake it till you make it. And I hear you don't lie on your resume, but like how far do you push the line or answer questions to the point of like, yes, I can totally do that and fake it till you make it. As long as you have confidence that you can actually do it, then do it. What, I mean, listen, what's the worst case scenario? You get in there, you you fall down and you get fired. I mean, you're no worse off than you were before. I just, I, I know that we're looking for like perfect answers. I, I, I am a ride with the tides kind of gal. And I just think you go where the opportunities leave you. And if they don't work out, I mean, listen, I've had a ton of great career success. I've also had a job where I emailed my resignation and walked out the door after two weeks, like sobbing. Yeah. It happens. And you know, you can't let those setbacks get in your way. Um, they happen to everyone. And by the way, I've also made terrible hires and anyone who tells you that they've never hired a terrible, like it happens. And yeah. again, it's, it's to my point earlier about a flawed system. I fired someone right in the middle of a Super Bowl, three days pre Super Bowl event where you need all hands on deck. And he was so awful that I was better off working double time than having him continue to work for us. Okay. And reflecting back on the interview, what did you miss? He was immature. He wasn't experienced. I wasn't paying attention to the right things. But then on the reverse side of it, I was just thinking about it. I was out of work because our company imploded, Enron, which already ages me, but <clears throat> I was out of work in the traditional sense for almost six years. Um, so I started an eBay business at home and I was selling all the innards of Jessica's apartments um, <laughs> in the city. And then it grew into this big business. It was awesome, but I didn't have a set job in the traditional way. Um, and then you had at one point. But I did, yes. But it was many years ago, you know, before nobody even knows who Anderson Consulting is anymore. That's not what um, well, I do. I know because those of us that are old know. So, but I went for an interview 
at the place where I developed a whole events division and I walked in there and he said, well, what do you think about starting an events division? And I was like, sure, I could throw a party. Yeah. And I had somehow, I had confidence that I could do this. And I did a whole pitch to his executive board with my ideas. And I don't know why I was not afraid to fail, but I was not afraid to fail. Failure was not even in my head. But that's you. I was going to win. I was going to get them. And so I think that's also something, it's not in every person and I don't know how you get there. But for me, I feel like when I look at things and like this project that we're working on right now, I only see success. Like in my future, I see success. I do make mistakes that I have to go back and review, but I see success. So I think that your mindset on where you're going, and like you said, matching your skills to the job also means that, well, it doesn't necessarily mean you like your skills, (laughs) but you should find something that you enjoy doing. So you're not a bitter, angry employee. You know, has to has to make you happy at the end of the day. Oh, guess what I did? And who cares if it was sending out the gifts for whatever? You did it for a hundred people. You go do that. Somebody else go try that. I dare you. Mm-hmm. But I think all of your points are really are really valid and can help anybody in any position. So thank Absolutely. you. And just keep in mind, you know, recruiting is just one piece of my total responsibility for which I have an incredibly talented senior vice president who reports to me. I also have purview for learning and development and compensation and benefits and employee relations and all these other things. So I am not a deep subject matter expert on any one of these things. I'm sort of a jack of all trades, master of none. <laughs> Love it. Master of disaster. Um, exactly. Yeah. So, well, thank you so much for bringing all this information because I feel like everybody listening definitely like has great t- you know points to take away from this. So um, what... If someone is like, okay, and I want to go out, like, you know, really get ready, what are a couple of, you know, resources that you would direct them to? You mentioned Glassdoor, you mentioned LinkedIn, are those kind of your two favorites when it comes to people starting to figure out how they want to get back into the workforce? I mean, LinkedIn and Google, for sure. Again, Glassdoor, grain of salt. Um, But it's worth seeing. It's going to be the first thing that's going to come up in your Google search, most likely. Um, Go to the company's corporate webpage and understand you know, what sort of things they're prioritizing. I mean, I think I look back on my years at IPG and you know, they were front and center and they were you know, really early adopters of a, of a strategy around diversity, equity, and inclusion. And so like, if you know that and you go into your interview, speak to your, speak to your beliefs around DE&I. And mm-hmm. it's very au courant, um, thankfully. Okay. But um, <laughs> I, I love it. I, I just think if you, you can find out a lot about a company by visiting their own webpage, they have, you know, bigger companies will have um, investor relations and press uh, coverage right. directly. You can, it's linked right there. So research who's on their, research who's on their executive team, what their backgrounds are, know as much as you can. Right. Okay. All right. Well, thanks, Jen. Thank you so much for coming back. We're going to have you back again, talk more about um, all of the things that you need to know about skill sets, getting back into the workforce. So thank you. My pleasure. Thanks, Jen. See you next time. Thanks so much for listening to Divorce Etc. with the X-Experts. We really hope this episode was helpful for you in getting information you need and feeling empowered to get through it. And always remember, there are so many of us just like you. Now, please hit the subscribe button so you always get new episodes and please rate and review us. 
You can also check out our website filled with free resources at xexperts.com. Follow us on social on Instagram and Facebook and send us an email to let us know your thoughts or any questions or topics you'd like us to talk about. See you next time.